Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, A Healing Journey to Self-Love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radically Loved. I'm so excited today to introduce you to our guest. We have Cindy Dale on the show. Cindy is an internationally renowned author, speaker, and intuitive healer. She offers private sessions and workshops through her company, which she has led worldwide. She has written several groundbreaking books on the chakras and subtle energy anatomy, including the Subtle Body series, Energy Healing for Stress, Trauma and Chronic Illness, and Advanced Chakra Healing. Her work has been published in 20 languages and um, recently out the Subtle Body Oracle Deck and Guidebook. That's exciting, Cindy. Congrats on that. This is quite the it's body of really work. It's really exciting. Thank you. I know. And I really love anything that has to do with energy, you know, and helping people figure out their energy, what it's doing, how to change it if it needs to change. Yeah. Where do we even start with that? Oh my gosh. I want to dive into all of those juicy subjects. What do you like? Okay. So say you're working with somebody privately and they're like, yeah, I want to assess my energy. I want to know what needs to change and where to change it. Where would you start? So I'll tell you, I cheat. I use my intuition. <laughs> so I do have knowledge of chakras or fields meridians, different disease processes, trauma. I mean, you name it. And I'm a researcher. So I love learning more even about biology and about uh, cross-cultural healing system. Go through a simple protocol and then I sort of throw it open to, you know, I like to go top down, whatever people want to call universe or God. And I say, where do I start? And I usually get an image, uh, maybe a message. Uh, maybe a word, no matter what the client says they want to look at, I start with what I first get because it's going to probably be more causal or give a unifying message for them. And so I know you use a lot of different subtle energy systems, uh, chakras, the auric fields, subtle elements. I'd love it if we could break down each of those. And I would, I, can we start with subtle elements? Because I'm not as familiar with that one. Oh, that's like I, I could rave about working with subtle elements because most people these days know the meridians, uh, the, the nervous system connects to that, so do the connective tissue, the chakras, uh, etc. But subtle elements are what we're made out of. And most spiritual medical modalities, whether it be Hinduism, Ayurveda, uh, you know, Chinese medicine, Japanese medicine, even down in the Mayan communities, they work with elements. So they typically say there's four elements, earth, air, fire, um, you know, water, and or some of them say five. Now, 
that's not exactly true because many of the Hindu systems say, okay, well, we have the four or five major elements, and then there's all these other subtle elements that make up those elements. So when I work with the elements, I work with 12 subtle elements. A subtle element just means it's harder to measure versus a regular element. Like, you know, like fire is something when we think of fire, we, we want to, in Minnesota here, anyway, when we think of fire, we think of roasting our marshmallows or turning on the furnace or putting on the fireplace or whatever it is. But when we're talking subtle elements, it's the subcomponents that we don't know how to measure. And they can combine, they can recombine, and they can be used with intention or with different subtle energy techniques to do just about everything. So let me give you an example. A lot of times when people have a bone disorder, maybe osteoporosis or a broken bone, what I would do is say, what are the subtle elements that make up the bone? You know, what's missing that is not uh, allowing the bone to heal faster or creating you know, holes, if you would, in the bone tissue. I know that there is a stone element in many cultures. Stones are minerals. I mean, many of us in healing work with stones anyway. Um, you know, amethyst or lake stones or whatever, but I work with all of this medicinally. So if I'm working with a client, I'll ask that their own spirit guidance or I'll maybe do some hands-on healing to ask to have streamed into that bone or all their bones, if it's osteoporosis, whatever stone elements are needed to refortify the bones. And it makes healing go three to four times faster uh, if you can break conditions down to which subtle elements like fire, like water, like earth, wood, light is an element at this level. Uh, you know, metal is an element, stone is an element, uh, sound is an element. Um, if you can kind of figure out where you're missing one or two subtle elements or where, where they're congested, you can break up tumors or at least speed up the process, say, of helping chemo break up a tumor or, you know, somebody's natural healing process help to break up a tumor. So it's probably my um, kind of the most exciting way to work especially with physical conditions for people because everything's going to come down to a subtle element. Do you have too much fire in the body? Do you not have enough fire in the body? Uh, chronic fatigue. You're going to have places where there's too much fire. Okay, let's just call it what it is, inflammation, right? So you want to reduce that or cool that. Or let's say somebody has an infection. They don't have enough fire in that area to burn out the microbe. So then we want to put more fire in there. So it's a logical approach. Once you figure out what the different elements are and what they can do, it doesn't take a magician. It's really just about trusting that your body will respond to your focus and to your intention and move from there. Hmm. So, okay, can I give you a personal example and then yes. tell me what element you would choose? Yes. Um, this is all making sense, but I want to apply it to something so that I can have that embodied knowledge. Um, 
So let's say, for example, somebody has, uh, have you heard of crepitus in the knees? It's a form of um, arthritis. Yes. And it's like a crackly sound. Yes. Um, where the, I think it's like the cartilage is starting to disappear a little bit. It is. Um, and so what, what element would you choose for healing something like that? I mean, or can it be healed? I, I believe it can. I would never tell a client for sure this is going to be healed. Right? But I would say let's improve matters. So even if you do something surgically or you use uh, platelet recovery, that's kind of an in thing these days, or uh, electrical stimulation or magnetic stimulation or ultrasound stimulation, there's some really cool treatments out there too. So cartilage has to do with the stone element because it's minerals. And stone has a lot to do with minerals. Um, but typically the cartilage breaks down when you're not getting lubrication. You know, there's not enough watery element. So I would probably combine and ask my own body, ask my own soul, you know, whatever it is you call on, right, higher self, to start mixing the stone element, the proper amounts and type, with the water element to lubricate and rebuild. That's what I would be doing. But what does that look like from a practical sense? Is it like, are you putting stone? Uh, like, for example, when I was a kid, my parents used to put stone in, they would put crystals in our water. Um, and we didn't know, like, I, I was just a kid. So I was like, oh, this is pretty. There's crystals in our water. And everyone in the neighborhood was like, you guys are little out there. <laughs> this is back in the 80s before this was cool. <laughs> but anyways, um, I mean, like in a practical sense, what is that? practice look like does that make sense yeah you have cool parents mine yeah, would I be do. chase the devil away <laughs> so i'm an energy healer so i don't use tools personally i believe that the body can create streams of energy i mean energy is just information that moves that's all it is. Everything's information that moves. And scientifically, 99.99999% of all energy is subtle. So we can work with physical, and I'll give you some ways to do that. Um, but if you, if you shift around the subtle energy, which is the ladder or the lattice work, that sets the patterns for the physical body anyway. Now you're really going to produce some change. So some Somebody could use meditation, get really calm, image, visualize uh, water and stone or minerals mixing together, sense that going in the knee or up and down the leg. But you know what? If you're more of a kinesthetic person, and a lot of us are, I'm very yeah. strong with physical. I would probably literally hold a stone that looks like a bone or, you know, has some kind of molecular structure that's bone um, you know, like or cartilage likes so is kind of soft. And you can hold a glass of water for goodness sake. You can hold the substances yeah. because that convinces the brain that you're actually doing something. <laughs> it's not that you really need the physical. That's what's fascinating to me. Um, because the body will do absolutely everything uh, energetically with subtle energy. And then the, the chakras will respond, or the meridians will respond, or the organs will respond, or the bones will respond, or the kneecap will respond. Um, but it's the brain that sometimes likes to think, 
oh, I'm doing something physical or I can see what I'm inserting in me. And so that's going to work better. I recently read a really interesting uh, quote. I can't remember where it was from. It was probably on Facebook. So it's an unknown source anyway. Um, but a guru saying, you know, for, for one person, a chocolate chip cookie will heal a stomach ache. For another person, it's Pepto-Bismol. For another person, it's meditation. <laughs> so I think it's kind of about knowing who we are and how we operate. That helps us too. I mean, you could set out, you know, you could look at a picture. If you're really visual, you could look at a picture like of a kneecap or a picture of a healthy knee. In fact, years and years ago, he, uh, there was a, probably 20 years ago, there was a chiropractor who was healing people of various problems by taking an x-ray of what wasn't right. Like, here's the condition. It didn't matter what it was. Here's the problem. And then getting an x-ray from when that, you know, say knee was whole and or an x-ray of a knee that is whole. And he would superimpose them and by putting the healthy x-ray over the unhealthy one and then just sort of bless it and have the person look at the healthy image and he was healing people there's, there's a whole study right now i don't know if you've heard of it it's pretty cool it, it came out of russia which is itself pretty cool they've, they've been into this stuff forever quantum physics and healing and woo woo and magic and whatever you want to call it called wave genetics that is, yeah, that's showing that every person, probably every living being, has a non-local quantum field. Like you, you have this field of energy that has all the codes you need for your body. And at conception, they're loaded in, but they're not all loaded in. And then the ones that are in there can kind of go haywire. So their premise is you want to reload these codes and secure them. They use images for that. They'll have somebody look at a picture of when they were healthy and didn't have a condition or the healthy image of whatever it is they're trying to achieve. Or they, or they, I don't know exactly how they do this. They do this, you know, kind of, da -da -da -da, you know, sort of magic thing where they load the codes into water and have the person drink the water. So they're using, I guess you could call sound and light. Um, but you, which you can do med with meditation too, or you can do it with your hands, hands-on healing. I had a client, I was teaching a class at a university, I'm in Minneapolis, here in town, a few years ago, and she had a lump. It wasn't dangerous, but she really wanted to get rid of it. It was very annoying. And I said, okay, we were at lunch break, and she had a couple friends, and I said, here's what we want to do. I want you to imagine a degenerative force well, what is that? It's something that takes away, right? I want you to imagine we're connecting a degenerative force to your lump, and we're just going to let it eliminate the lump. It went away. I was sort of surprised, too. I was like, wow. <laughs> so um, everything's made of this invisible stuff, and it's still okay to use real stuff, too. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's kind of like what what works for you from the point of what is what is going to allow your mind to believe 
that the healing is possible. I think belief in this case is really important. I think that's where I often get stuck with things like this. And it's kind of ironic because I was raised with um, parents who were like, yeah, this stuff works. It's healing. Like if I had a stomach, if my mom would give me a crystal, I would hold a crystal on my stomach. <laughs> like, where do we go in adulthood that, that, um, the things, I don't know, the things that we could suspend belief over in childhood start to seem unrealistic. I don't know what the... Your mom had a belief, but your mother, you know, there's studies that share that, yes, there needs to be belief, but it works if the practitioner has a belief or if a church is holding a belief or if a friend is holding a belief. And so, I mean, if I believe that uh, taking Pepto-Bismol is going to make me feel better, it probably is, regardless of if it's going to help somebody else too. Um, but, but there's so many studies that if the practitioner believes this pill's going to work, regardless of the belief in the recipient, it's more likely going to work too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I get that intellectually. I think I wonder where that my ability to suspend judgment went as an adult. (laughs) I know, I know. You know, isn't that a tough one? And, you know, it's sort of like the question I go with is what, part of us has to believe does it need to be the brain i mean the we got three brains we have the head brain which is sort of more thoughts we have the heart brain which is higher emotions we have the gut brain which is just wrong so i you know i i think things work the best when those are aligned i think that's tough to get to also so I think most people I know work out of the heart. They, they really work out of the heart chakra because from there they can ask for guides. They can ask for love. They can, you know, open to input from the universe. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, sort of like where do we come from too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's such a helpful reminder. I hadn't really thought about it like that. It's like, does the the intellect really need to buy in a hundred percent? Maybe not. Maybe we can tap into the heart and the gut. And I mean, it's not what intuition is all about anyways. Uh, tell me about your thoughts about intuition. And uh, um, I guess from the sense of being able to make decisions and guide your life from intuition. So I'm fairly... Uh, structured when it comes to intuition, because I think it helps us know uh, what our intuitive powers are and what we're personally going to trust the most. So I go to chakras for intuition. They're subtle energy centers. We know that we have, or we think that we know. So we have seven in the spine. I work with five others that are outside of the body because I saw them when I was a kid. And in my research, of many, many cultural systems, chakras, acupoints, et cetera, around the world. There's nothing really sacred about saying there's just seven, to be honest. So I work with 12. From a science point of view, kind of kind of energy science point of view, every chakra functions on a bandwidth of a little bit of physical energy, but a lot of subtle energy. 
and it creates fields around the body. Every chakra creates a field around the body. And chakras are like computers. They hold programs inside of them. And each chakra has a different intuitive power because each chakra is bringing in energy on its bandwidth and it's allowing us to interpret it and it's allowing us to send out subtle energy. So some of us are going to be stronger in a certain chakra than others. And that's probably where we're going to want to focus our getting our intuition and knowing what is going to come in strongest for us and how to respond to it. So I'm actually, I'm very visual. When I'm working with clients, I get tons of pictures, tons of pictures. So I trust them. That's up in the third eye up in the brow. So that's sort of your visual center that's bringing in images and encoding them and interpreting them. I'm also, when I'm with a client, very verbal. So I hear messages and talking and da 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 But you know what? In my everyday life, I am physical. In my everyday life, I work through my first chakra, which is red, which is very physical. So I totally trust my body. That's it. If I get a bad smell around somebody, it doesn't mean they forgot their deodorant. It means my body's going, you don't like that person. If I'm, you know, kind of feeling like I should walk to the left instead of the right, my body's sort of going to the left instead of the right. That's what I do. Um, I, for instance, if I, I write, oh, duh, I write a lot of books. Um, and I don't wait for a voice to tell me to sit down or write. That would take a really long time. I don't wait for a picture of where to sit to write. My, I, I, I kind of just tune into my body and I sit in my body and I just tell my body it's time to start writing. And it does. So intuition is really malleable and it's got many sides to it too. So we can send messages into the world, but we're receiving them like through antenna or radar that our chakras are getting all the time. Hmm, I love that. So uh, could you tell me what the, the other, I feel like a lot of us are familiar with the seven spinal chakras. What are the other five that you work with? Oh, I love these other five. So we've do seven. We've got up through the top of the head, the spiritual center. Eight is like a little black and silver dot, maybe two inches above the head. It also lands in the body. Every chakra has a body space too. It's I call, well, it's not very, you know, creative. I call it the eighth chakra. It's shaman chakra. It's mystical. When you go in there and through there, it opens you to different time periods, dimensions. This is the chakra that shamanic undertakings uh, will, you know, kind of lead you to past lives and parallel lives and future existences and other planets. You can tell I really like that one. Um Above that one is the ninth chakra. I see it as gold. In a lot of other cultures, it, it exists as a god chakra, a luminary chakra, an over chakra, an oversoul chakra. And it's about harmony. It also contains codes that your body needs in order to be as healthy as possible in this life. So I love working with this chakra. Uh, when somebody's got a malady, emotional, mental, physical, I ask for energy to stream down through their ninth chakra into them and help shift them. 
In fact, I had a student once who didn't believe any of this work. I don't know why he took my classes, um, but he didn't really believe in it. And and he had a next door neighbor who was going to put down a dog. The dog's name was Teak. E-E-A-K. And he said, you know, I'm taking this class. We're learning how to send energy. Before you put down this dog who was biting people and was really sick, do you mind if I just for a week send healing? She said, sure. So twice a day, he just sent general healing. At night, he brought energy down through that night chakra, envisioned it going in the dog. Three days into this, she comes to him and she says, what are you doing to my dog at night? He goes, why? She goes, Every night, he's just toppling over. He's toppling over in his dog bowl. So at the end of the week, the dog was great. It was healthy. His disposition was super. So those are codes. Tenth chakra, underneath the ground, foot and a half underneath the feet. In some systems, they call it the earth chakra. Um and it's the one that connects us to the cosmos, to the earth, our ancestry. Um, so it's a, it's a beautiful grounded chakra and helps literally kind of select genes during preconception and conception too. The 11th, very few people know about this unless you're in some kind of indigenous society. It's around the hands and the feet. In the field, it's rose. It commands natural and supernatural energy. So you've heard stories of the people can change the weather or, you know, raise the dead or whatever it is. I have a lot of leadership power, good or bad. It, you can use this good or bad. That's the 11th chakra. And the 12th is just unique to each of us. It's outside of us. It's inside of us. It's like our spirit chakra. I believe that it's very pure, and I believe that when we get in touch with it, we're able to activate or use a power, a gift, a capability that's really unique to us. So people love figuring out what's my 12th chakra gift? What makes me really special and unique? It's kind of, you could call it the snowflake chakra too. Wow, that's a fun name. Oh, I love yeah, that it visual. Is. How do people find out what that gift is you know it's hard i think because we're so used to ourselves <laughs> what's special about ourselves so I, I i usually recommend that somebody take a week and center themselves and just ask that their own spirit guidance let them know what the gift is over the week let them feel it demonstrate it dream about it have it be made very, very, very known, very concrete. Um, and you know what's interesting is some people, they get a little scared when they have a sense of what they can really do. Years ago, I worked with a woman who, uh, she asked me to do a reading and I came up with the most bizarre stuff. Like, are you married to a prince? This is not Harry. This is not William. This is none of them, right? And I said, did you get married in a castle? I'm like going, I must be making this up. She said, we did. I said, were there sort of like evil stepsisters there? And she goes, oh, those were his ex-girlfriends. So I, I had some credibility with her. And then I said, you know, you have a very special gift. And she was a graphic artist. She said, what is it? I said, you know, 
when you write a story, the ending can come true. Doesn't mean it's always going to, but I said the ending can come true. We were on the phone. I work on the phone with my clients usually, but I could feel her blanching. I love that word, blanching. And she goes, how do you know that? I go, well, I don't know that. I mean, is that true? Have you tried it? She goes, I've written three stories for my life, for in my life, for people I really love and written a good ending for them. And the endings came true, including like this little four-year-old boy who had leukemia. She said he healed. Now, was it allopathic? Does it matter? Like her vote seems to make a difference. I never heard from her again. And I have my doubt if she used the gift. It's, it's, it's sort of scary sometimes to go, I'm, I'm off in la land. I'm in a different pasture than everybody else. But how awesome to have revealed to us to start working with or practicing our gifts. I don't think we can blow it. You know, I think people get scared they can hurt somebody. And it's sort of like, why are you going to hurt somebody? You're not going to hurt somebody. You're, you're just going to experiment and see how this works best. Yeah, what a great invitation. Did I hear you say that when you were a child, you saw these uh, five other chakras? I did. I did. I saw colors. I saw balls of energy. I didn't know they were chakras. I literally saw orbs of energy inside of people and around them. And they were always in the same place. I saw ghosts. I heard ghosts. I saw dead people, you know, whatever it is. Um, I had senses of things. My parents just thought I was very imaginative until we went to Sunday school and they said, this is like soothsaying. (laughs) But my impression of those extra five orbs and their colors never went away. And so in my 20s, I... I I really have always wanted to be an author. I wanted to write stories, Uh, but it was sort of like I was learning about healing and psychic and traveling to do that. And I, and I had this sense, why don't you just write about this chakra system, Cindy? And Llewellyn took it, the book to my astonishment. And so that just set up my career. Is that, Um, and I think it's given a lot of permission to people, they don't have to use my 12 chakras, you know, or their 12 chakras. But like I have a client who says, you know, I, I really like being alive in Atlantis. I'm using my Atlantean chakras. So it's always good to break out of form a little bit if it helps us be who we really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to hear more about your uh, thoughts on quantum physics. It was It's interesting because I had I was having this conversation with my nephew the other day and he's taking physics, not a quantum physics class, but whenever I hear someone say physics, I always think of the show quantum leap and that has everything to do with quantum physics. Um, so I just, I don't know. It's such a fascinating subject. I don't really have a specific question, but I just love to hear you talk about it a little bit I'm more. Totally into it. I, I remember when one of the first books about, uh, intuition and psychism and healing got linked to quantum physics. It was a it was a physicist whose name was Fred Wolf, and then we've had Emoto, 
you know, who was into physics and could change the molecular structure of water. But I think quantum physics helps explain spirituality, intuition, whatever you want to call God, universe, consciousness, the body, how miracles occur. I love studying quantum physics, which it, it, we we don't know that much about it. Everything we think we know then be, kind of begets another question. But it's got the coolest rules. Like everything and anyone who's ever been connected stays connected. So that's why when you think of a friend, maybe they think of you at the same time. Or I have a good friend. This is a fun story. He started a library in Sedona. And it's ancient manuscripts, far out you know, archaic ancient manuscripts, philosophy, and he just was told to start a library. And he would sometimes get up and see a piece of paper on the ground with a phone number. Now, he didn't write that during the night. He would call the phone number, maybe get somebody in China who would say, I expected your call. I was told I have a manuscript to send you. I mean, quantum physics explains interconnection, that there's really no space between things, even though there's infinite space between things, how um, psychic data works, that we are made out of endless fields of light and sound that are mainly subtle and can interconnect with other fields of light and sound. And so, you know, we are subatomic particles. That's what we are. And they're never in one time at the same time, they kind of dash all over. Even the body, it's called string theory, um, talks about how everything's interconnected with these little one-dimensional strings that are subatomic and that, that always move. So it means you're connected to different dimensions and others through that all the time. So it's kind of mind-blowing. I think we've just started to tap into what that means. I mean, traumas have used that idea forever without labeling it that. They do bilocation, right? They can be here and their body appears somewhere else. Well, quantum physics says that's possible. It says at least what's possible is you can choose between where to be. So you can be here or there. But but we certainly haven't figured out all the rules because shamans can be two places at the same time. So we have a lot more to look at. I have an older, uh, young, my youngest son is 24 and he's a baseball pitcher and coach. He's really into quantum physics. And, and it's amazing. He won't even let me talk about it because he'll say, mom, I already know it. I already get it. He goes, I already know how this works. But yet he's very astonished when he would have me work on him every so often when something would just change. Like he had me work on his back one time. It really hurt. I just put my hand on there and I said, okay, let's just open up. Let's just use quantum physics. Let's just have your body open up the healy, the healed state. And it fixed. He goes, how'd you do that? I go, well, you're the one who knows the quantum physics. So you tell me. <laughs> so... It's exciting. It's it's the frontier. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. Well, you mentioned one author. Is there are there any like favorite books you have? Do you have other resources you'd suggest people check out if they're interested in learning more? 
Yes, but a lot, the books I really liked tend to be older because I think they approach it in a very understandable way. Michael Talbot wrote a book, what, 30 years ago called The Holographic Universe. What you need to know is in there about how this stuff works and past lives and soul. Uh, Richard Gerber, Dr. Richard Gerber, he's passed away. His The best book on energy, I think, ever is Vibrational Medicine. Anything you can read by Dr. James Oshman. Uh, he has a, I think he only has one book. Maybe he has a couple. Um, energy medicine is the science of it. William Tiller is very hard to understand, but I'm sure he's accurate, you know, about energy and how it works. Um, that's why I kind of like the older ones. They explain it better, <laughs> right? There's fewer diagrams with equations in them. And I sort of appreciate that. Yeah, I think I would too. <laughs> Very cool. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the the Subtle Body Oracle and, and guidebook that just came out. Congratulations on giving birth to that project. How cool is that? Um, it's such an interesting deck. I wish I could hold it up right now for those watching, but I like how it's organized. I like how it's really a call to, at least for me, this is what I got from it. It's really a call to tap into your own intuition, develop your own intuition and become your own Oracle. Um, so yeah, I mean, all the things that we're talking about, like that's the embodiment of this, of this project you've put together. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm just wondering if you would you would talk a little bit more about that and, and yeah. how people can use Yeah. So the images are amazing. Adela Lee is the, uh, I did not draw any of those. Let me just own that straight up front. It would be stick figures. So it's the most amazing representations of the 12 chakras, 12 subtle elements, 12 auric fields, um, 12 basic meridians, and a couple other cool things thrown in too. And so every single imaging uh, and the words on it will help you tune into kind of one aspect of your own subtle body. Uh, but I really like the guidebook because it'll teach you what your different intuitive forms are. It gives you a couple ways to get in touch with your own intuition, you know, your own essence to do healing work, gives you spreads to use uh, so that let's just say you're, you're working. Let's say you want to know what subtle element to use, right? You can just pull the subtle mm -hmm. elements out of the deck, use the exercises that are very easy that are in the book and, you know, trust flow, open a card, you know, turn it over and go, oh, fire, that makes sense. And it gives you a meditative process for bringing in the healing or allowing the change. So it can answer, it's an oracle. You're, you, we are an oracle. So it helps you, like you're saying, tap into intuition, but also visually, you know, get a sense of what chakra to focus on or which chakras or which of these different forms of energy might work with you best right now. Um, so it's kind of like a, it's almost like an energy medical deck that helps you tap into your intuition and guidance or flow to get some answers and do some healing for yourself too. Mm, so cool. And then I wanted to, the last subject I wanted to touch on today is the 12 auric fields. And I know this is included in the guidebook, but I always think of aura as like a orb that surrounds me, like an energy, a color. Some people say they can see them. Others say they can feel them. 
T- will you tell me about auric fields and, and the 12 auric fields? Yes. So I'm going to add a term in there because subtle science, energy medicine has also thrown into our brains the idea of having a biofield, which is real. It's the sum total of all the sound and light coming off your cells, your organs, your chakras, your thoughts, everything. So we're just this big field. Within the biofield are the auric field. So every chakra emanates and creates its own field in a place around the body. And then those fields, the auric layers or fields are kind of atop each other. So they work with each other. They're helping the chakra manage what to send out, what to bring in. And in many shamanic circles, it's thought that the entire field is bound by something they call the energy egg. So once you get outside of, in my world, the 12th auric field, there's these be- this beautiful shimmering kind of oval energy that's sort of the, the cons- not the constraints, but the holder of all of your fields. Now your subatomic particles can still leak out. <laughs> Let's be real about that, right? Um, but that's the image of what this is. So when people say what's color is your auric field, what's really being measured and typically an intuitive is getting it or you're intuiting it for yourself or you're using those cool computer programs, right, that are showing you a color, that's going to be the strongest or the couple strongest fields at that moment. And that can change Mm -hmm. in five minutes, to be honest. So Let's say you're taking a test. That's third chakra, third auric field, because that's about data. You're going to have a lot of yellow. You're not going to want to sit there and wait, right, and be meditating while you're taking a test. So it's going to be showing indicators of where you're at is really what those Mm -hmm. colors are revealing. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's a helpful, that's a helpful visualization. I've always thought of it as like a kind of a static thing that, oh, your, your auric field is purple and that means this about you, but yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, thank you, Cindy. This has been such a pleasure. I want to point out where people can go to find out about more, find out more about you and follow along with your journey. And I know you have a beautiful website. It's your name. C-Y-N-D-I-D-A-L-E.com. Everything's on there. Okay. Everything's on there. And you can just, you know, if you're interested in the 12, you know, chakra system, Cindy Dale, 12 chakras, I have a YouTube channel that has a lot of free techniques on it. You know, energy tips. Those are always fun to play with and download. And, you know, it's interesting probably because I spell my name funny, Cindy, it's, I'm, I'm kind of easy to get over the internet. So you can punch in different topics and, and I've been in, you know, you know, kind of done a, quite a few articles and podcasts. So, you know, go to my website and there's media on there too, but then see if you can play a game. You know, you could go in Cindy Dale and the first chakra or Cindy Dale and Auric Fields or Cindy Dale and Healing Cancer and see what you come up with too. Mm, that's fun. Okay, cool. Cindy, thank you so much for your time. Is there any thing, is there any key takeaway you'd hope people take from this conversation or from the work that you do? Yeah, I think people get a bit overwhelmed when they're starting to think about energy and how many energies there are when you're talking subtle. And I just want to tell people you're already an energy expert. 
you're already on this walk. You know who you are. Don't approach this like you're already an expert, just learning how to be more of an expert. That's some great advice. Oh, that's so perfect. Thank you, Cindy. It's been Thank such you. a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.